the name of God, the most gracious and the most merciful. All glory and praise belongs to God and salutating with salutations to the beloved and all the beloveds of God who include Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, and his holy family. Thank you all so much for tuning into our 15th Divine Clinic Foundation podcast series called Healing is Believing. And our subject today is the Divine Cleanse. I'm your host, QW. Joining me is my co-host, the delightful Imam Saad, and our spiritual ambassador, Dr. Isa White Muhammad. Salaam alaikum, Dr. Isa. Wa alaikum salam, my sister. How are you t- doing tonight? And assalamu alaikum, my brother, Imam. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. That's wonderful to hear all of you. Alhamdulillah. Yes, it, it, it is wonderful. I mean, we're coming from three different angles. You know, the Bible talks about the Holy Trinity, right? So we have a, we have a Trinity too. We have uh, you, Wahida, we have Brother Imam, and we have myself. And that's a heck of a Trinity right there. <laughs> it really is. And we're so grateful to to have this discussion in the um, as we carry on from our podcast into the month of Ramadan, a beautiful month of purification. And and what we do at the Divine Clinic, we are so grateful to have a teacher that has able to give us this sweet fragrance of um, the divine through the cleanse and how beautified our lives can be. And it is it is such a blessing because it's only through the cleanse that one can really experience the true tasting and the um, the favors reserved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala um, by his friends. And it is extraordinary. And, and you know, and it's truly, you come to appreciate uh, spirituality and how we are, you know, these beings, uh, spiritual beings first, uh, first and foremost. And being, you know, spiritually um, advanced allows us to live this life that we are here to our highest and best, uh, you know, calling. And we are so grateful to have a teacher that has sacrificed their life to be able to heal and help um, all of us during this time to uplift our consciousness. And that is really what the essence of the cleanse is. And I'm going to have you, Dr. Isa, to, you know, carry on further on this discussion today on how we can help, you know, friends, family, everybody within our six degrees of separation that could truly benefit um, from the, the divine cleanse. Well, when we talk about, thank you, thank you, Sister Wahida, oh. Salaam alaikum, and Salaam alaikum to the uh, listening audience. Uh, when we talk about cleansing, we're talking about a, a spiritual cleanse, which is like a baptism to wash away our past, to wash away what is not good, to bring something in that will make us a better person spiritually, physically, and mentally. And I like to talk about this cleansing in reference to what we're doing as a Muslim community worldwide. For many of us, over 1 billion Muslims today, right now as I speak, are practicing Ramadan, a period that we 
remember our God, remember our prophet, remember the greatness and the wonderfulness and the magnificence of the creator that allowed us to exist. And we go through a period of fasting, fasting throughout the daylight hours, eating a little bit at night, not a lot, so that we can suffer and feel the pain of our Lord, feel the pain of our great prophets, because they all suffered something. We're feeling that in hunger. And it also brings about an element of discipline and sacrifice. We cannot do anything, we cannot move without discipline and sacrifice. Now, what does this have to do with cleansing, divine cleansing and water and the, and the new thoughts that come about? You cannot fully understand Ramadan unless you are completely cleansed. That means that you are completely at a level whereby you are washing away what was in the past. As I'm saying that Ramadan is a special period and it has three stages. We have, of course, mercy the first 10 days. Then we have forgiveness the next 10 days and we have safety the last 10 days. Now to go through the exercise of mercy, forgiveness, and safety, we have to be completely cleansed. We have to have a new soul, a new body, a new thought. And that means that we have to go through what I would call a spiritual metamorphosis to become something that we weren't yesterday. Now, why is this important? It's important because if we're not completely changed, we're not completely cleansed, if we do not have the, the ingredients to take out the old and bring forth the new, then we will not really understand the stages of Ramadan. We will not be able to practice and really take on the fruits and taste the flavor of Ramadan. For example, this period now forgiveness, what does that mean? All that means is that one, we're asking Allah, God, to forgive us of our past sins, our past ills. If we have hurt ourselves and hurt others, we ask him to wash us clean, wash us clean, with making a new man or woman. However, if we're not prepared to go through this and we don't have the, in, the, the ingredients to take on the blessings that Almighty Allah is going to do for us in forgiving us and we forgiving ourselves and forgiving others, then we will not really be cleansed. We will not really be able to intake the fruits of this forgiveness. What do you mean by that, uh, uh, Brother uh, uh, Muhammad? What, what that means is that, well, if something occurs while I'm going through this exercise without being cleansed, and someone does something to me, what am I going to do? Am I going to be, uh, revert back to a dead level, back to a beast, and say, well, he says something to me, or he or she does something to me, I'm going to get them, I'm going to curse them out, I'm going to grab them by the neck, 
I'm going to wish ill of them. If we do not go through a total cleanse, that's where we're going to be. But if we're really cleanseful, and if we really go through this 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 essence that the Ketub and 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 the and the and the, uh, uh, the, uh, the prophet and what Allah has given to us, if we really go through it, when those adversities come along with us, we we'll smile, we we'll wink, and we will connect with our inner selves, which is the Allah, and say, well, I'm not, gonna allow, I'm not going to allow anyone to break my peace. I'm not going to revert back to the dead level. I'm not going to act like a beast like they have. I'm going to be a better self. I'm going to be a higher level human being. And that's what it is. When you take on the divine cleansing, you become a higher being. You become a better being. You begin to embrace not just the spirit of yourself, but the spirit of Allah and, you, and the spirit of other fellow believers who are locked in arms with you. And that's what it's all about when we say that, oh, we are all praying together shoulder to shoulder, toe to toe, and not allowing shaitan and the evil ones to come through because we are all embraced with a spiritual journey a spiritual essence. Now remember, there's something that we believe that other that sometimes we try to ignore. And that is we are not to pray with a disbeliever or a person who has turned their back on Allah. Now what does that mean? That person who is next to us have to be cleansed. How can you pray with someone if they're not cleansed with you? It's like trying to go to go to a war and everyone has a has the has the orders as to what to do that you have the person next to you he's doing something else and what would happen that person would get you killed because they're not in tune with what you're in tune with am i making sense to anyone yeah that's an excellent point uh really well um described and explained yes so i i don't want i'm not i'm not the uh I'm not the imam. The imam talks, and I let him explain. You know, and Sister Wahida, the mother of the struggle. <laughs> um, well, before we have Imam Sab, I wanted to ask you, um, Dr. Isa, your experience of the cleanse um, compared to other previous Ramadan. How has this Ramadan um, impacted, or how has it made you feel um, in reference to the others? What have, yeah. This, this Ramadan has given me more clarity and more focus. And again, it goes right back to the element of ritualism. When other Ramadans and I would do Talawid prayer, up and down, up and down, two, three hours a night, prostrating up and so forth, making rakas. But I did not really understand what I was doing. I was doing it. Now, I guess it's wrong to say, but truth is truth and fact is fact. That I was doing it because other people were doing it. It was a thing to do. So if I'm doing it because other people are doing it, they may be doing it because I'm doing it. So therefore, no one is getting anything from it. It just looks like a wonderful play. <laughs> mm -hmm. It looks mm -hmm. like 
you know, professional wrestling. It's all uh, staged. But now, with the cleanse and with the real understanding, I have a clear thought of everything that I do. Even when I read Quran, it's being read with a deeper level. It's almost as if now the reading of the Quran is a it's a wonderful documentary in front of me as I'm seeing the actors doing what they're doing, what I'm reading. I'm seeing them. It's I'm alive, right? Them. Absolutely alive. You see? And, 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 and I'm seeing myself within that whole episode. Before, it was just reading. Why? Because I was reading it because I had to read so many pages a day. I had to read so many pages a day to finish up my Quranic reading for the month of Ramadan. So I can say I read Ramadan, I read Quran, but did I really, but did I really understand it? You see, did I really understand it? And did I really take it in as the wonderful flavor of food to nourish my body? No. I just took it in because it was ritualistic. But now with the cleanse and with the total baptism that's over me, that's within me, I'm walking with the Quran during Ramadan. I'm seeing, I'm sleeping, I'm loving the Quran. I now have a real love affair with Allah. And that's the difference. And when you have that love affair, a love affair different than a love affair that you may have with your husband or your wife, or your wife, but a love affair that is completely in essence of total truth, total magnificence, a total glow. So therefore, when you go through Ramadan with this cleansing, you have a glow about you. When people see uh, a brother Imam and a, and a sister Wahida, they they supposed to see. Wow, that is the spirit of God. That is the glow. That person is walking, but they look like they're floating. That person is talking, but they're talking with the voice of the angels. That person is moving and doing things, but they're moving and doing things, and they remind me of Jesus, Moses, and Muhammad. That's what a cleanse is, and that's where I am. Oh, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Thank you for your um, uh, description and of uh, the previous. And if you had to take on, you know, and to um, explain, you know, to where the people are and in terms of explaining how many people um, you think are pious and getting the same type of experience. Sadly, very, very few. Because they haven't come to the point that we're now offering. Now listen to me. We're offering this because it was offered to us. Now what do you mean offering? Prophet Muhammad brought forth a message. He offered the message. He didn't force it on you. But if you take this, and like Jesus said, you eat this and remember me, you will become a new person worthy of my father. That's some heavy stuff. Deep. So, 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 so most of them are not going through this. They're looking sad. 
How do you look sad during Ramadan? People are complaining they're hungry. And, and, they, and they're asking the question, how is your Ramadan going? Now, what type of question is that? Think about it. <laughs> All right, how is your Ramadan? Your Ramadan should be, doing, should be going well. You should be happy. You should be glorified. Yeah. But when you have to ask that question, you're seeing your Ramadan cycle going well. Something's wrong with your soul. You need cleansing, brother. <laughs> you need cleansing, sister. You need to go see the Ketub. You need to see brother, brother Imam. You need to see brother, sister Wahida. You need to come. How's your Ramadan doing? That you is just upon that as well. Crazy. I mean, you know, it, it's quite. You're right. You know, Ramadan has become a mainstream event because we see almost like an event of Christmas. You know, you see in the shops. You know, all the signs and the postage, you know, everything is all geared towards, you know, are you ready for Ramadan? You know, are you ready for Christmas? You know, do you have your Eid gifts ready? You know, <laughs> there's a notion of Ramadan, which is about the Eid, you know, at the end. And it's gearing towards that celebration at the end. Now, as a child, yes, I can understand that, you know, given the fact that the child themselves are going through and you're encouraging them because they don't have the full kind of capacity to understand the the spiritual essence of life they don't although they are kind of more close to the truth than most about 90 percent of adults really that they are close to the truth than most most adults are it that are even in their religion and so what we have to understand is that yes there is this kind of mainstream culture of ramadan and it's become kind of almost obligatory that you 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 greet someone with salam and then you ask how their ramadan is and to me, I also find that a bit amusing. Why? Because Ramadan is a personal experience. Yeah, <laughs> It's a time in which it's a month in which you put yourself through discipline. Now, a lot of people will say that I do Ramadan because it emulates the poor. Now, you don't need to use Ramadan as a, as a springboard to emulate the poor. You can do that any time of the year. This is a time when there is a reality to Ramadan, which people are not talking about. And I'll talk about this now, because this is coming directly from the teachings of the Qutub. Now, what they said to me in my teaching of this is that Ramadan itself brings a uh, reality of Barakah into the world. Every single Ramadan, every single Muharram, every single Rajab, because Rajab is the month of Allah. Yeah, And we ourselves should understand that there is a significance to the lunar calendars of, of, you know, of, of, our, of our religion. We have to understand that the month of God, for example, the month that is dedicated to Allah is the month of Rajab. Now, why do we not give that more significance than Ramadan? And Ramadan in itself should be the foundation in which we then begin to understand ourselves a bit more in terms of understanding our own capacity towards our, you know, our own discipline towards whether we can go without food or water for so, so long. And in doing so, you know, the people who have a lower sort of consciousness level, they'll say they're doing it to emulate the poor. That's one dimension. That's one reality. But the truth and the reality is that Ramadan actually has many different realities. And those who are on the different levels of consciousness assign and assimilate Ramadan in accordance to their level of consciousness. Now, the highest level of consciousness, you understand that Ramadan is compulsory. Ramadan is, in actual fact, when it's being performed, whether it's being performed ritualistically, from as you, as you described it, where you're just performing the act. 
Because God is forgiving, you see, God is most merciful. So even when you're performing the act, he doesn't mean that you are devoured of the barakah that you are receiving, although you may not be able to connect with it. Now, the problem lies with the fact that the human being himself, that individual, is then not carrying on those processes of discipline within themselves, harming their very souls, harming their spirit for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Now, what we have to understand is that Ramadan itself brings a time in which there is barakah across the world. Everybody is opening iftar at the same time. Everybody is reading from the same one book. There is no question around this month, which hadith are you reading? Or this hadith is what defines my beliefs and what I believe. No, no, no. We are all reading the same Quran. You know, and we have to understand that there is this beauty of Allah and this magnificence of what has been laid down by the Holy Prophet and his holy family through their sacrifice, their struggle, and even the Sahaba Ikram as well, the true companions who laid down their very lives so that we today can read the Quran in comfort, you know, in this blessed month and in, of course, all the other months because this month should be a representation of how we should be celebrating Ramadan every single day. Mm-hmm. It's not just for one month. And and I think the essence is when you get to understand that, you understand that the truly pious ones are the ones who are observing Ramadan every single day. And it's not just from the element of fasting from food, but fasting from all types of um, of the, the realities of the fitna of the world, the fitna energies, how it affects you and how it affects your soul. Because what we understand and what you guys said as well was quite quite important because you said, well, how is it so many people are fasting, but they themselves don't change inside. Now, this is a month that calls for reflection, right? Because firstly, you're not thinking about having dinner, having lunch, having breakfast, you know, at, at the usual times that you would have them. So, you know, you you're occupy yourself with your work and everything else. But then there's also an element where you occupy yourself with reflection. And in the narration of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him and his holy family and his companions, he said that one hour of conscious reflection of the Quran, one hour of conscious reflection is more than 70 years of salah. So now you tell me, one hour of conscious reflection, that's your tarawih done for the month. But then people can take that and, you know, those who maybe have a lower level of consciousness, a lower level of understanding might take that and say, no, that's, you know, that's bidda or some type of, you know, extreme, extreme way of looking at things. But they haven't truly understood the essence of reflection because it was the Holy Prophet himself who spent 20 years reflecting in the caves, you know, up in the mountains. He was up there and he was going through all of these different experiences. And he came and he brought us the embodiment of the truth in its pure essence. And he, he was the truth. He was already the embodiment of perfection. But he wanted to strive for perfection even further. To show us ourselves that we should not stop striving. So in an essence, the reality is that Ramadan has a very spiritual significance to every single one of us. Because what it does is it helps to align the inner and the outer together. That's what we should look be you know look at doing and observing what we say, for example, you know, always speaking the truth in this month, and then God willing that after this month that you see the realities of you from speaking the truth, how your life then changes. Because now you're talking with the light of truth. 
and then you are also then walking in the light of truth. You are acting in accordance to the light of truth. That is the biggest sunnah of the Holy Prophet, truthfulness. Because he was, he was what they called him, uh, Amin, was it Amin? Yes. Yeah, the, the, the trustworthy one. Mm -hmm. So that in itself, I mean, that is one of the greatest attributes of the Prophet in an exoteric perspective, that he was truthful in his outer and inner forms. So when we're talking about Ramadan Is it a time that yes You connect with your Lord But you don't forget that this is a time When you yourself individually And I'm saying this to every single one of you listening Who's observing Ramadan this time You know in this in this month That you should be looking You know at sort of perfecting yourself This is the struggle The struggle is not with your friends And your family and everyone else It's with yourself And going back to what you said Dr. You know, Isa is It's not about How's your Ramadan? Because yeah. how's your Ramadan is a very open-ended question. Because Ramadan is a very personal experience. And I think that's what we have to understand. And that's what we have to talk from those pulpits of, of, of the saints who came before. And the Qutub who is here now. Who is saying these sort of uh, things in which we're, we're talking about is that we have to start looking at ourselves. We have to start becoming accountable for ourselves and our actions. And this is a month that we have to observe fasting of the hands, fasting of the feet, fasting of the mind, and fasting of the heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. By doing all of these things, and then truly then one can then start to open the inner dimensions of truth, start slowly opening, slowly opening. And, and you know, with regards to divine cleanse, of course, you know, a culmination of... Going through a cleanse, but just having the divine cleanse doesn't make you divine. You see, this is the thing. And many people will think, well, I've been cleansed, so therefore then I'm, but no. You see, what Allah has given you then is he's given you a platform, okay? He's given you a platform in which then you can now take this and ascend higher. But you're doing so without any of those uh, attachments, those spiritual negative attachments that are holding you down. And this is why we're seeing a lot of people who are struggling through this month. You know, they're struggling mentally, physically, spiritually. They're, they're struggling. And we must not forget these people because even though they say shaitan is locked up, for example. Yeah? They say it's a very common understanding across all Muslims across the world that in this month, shaitan, Iblis himself is locked up in Ramadan. But it still doesn't negate the fact that people are still suffering in this month. Right. Yeah. You know, people are still going through spiritual affliction. So then, you know, the condition of your Ramadan in accordance to someone who, for example, is going through spiritual struggle and then observing Ramadan on top of that. Wow, there must be a level of barakah coming through that, isn't there? That then is being assimilated and being spread out because that's how God works. He loves to spread things out. God is very giving and he gives out this barakah. He gives it out. So we have to understand that everything has a source of barakah You see You know people observe Ramadan And then when it comes to time to have iftar You know the uh, the unity of the family is not there right. You know it's You see there's a beautiful reality to Ramadan isn't there Iftar time Everyone is eating together Whether you are just one person And you have one person in the house It's just the two of you in the house It doesn't make a difference There's a time in which you are being called To have th that meal together Right. A, that's a beautiful thing A family sharing a meal Friends sharing a meal You know whether you have believers or non-believers You know ourselves we've had uh, meals with the homeless Alhamdulillah In previous Ramadans You know and it's a very beautiful experience Because they themselves then open up You know and want to know more 
about Ramadan and what it is. And it paints a very different picture of a Muslim to them. So we're, you know, doing our bit in Ramadan. People are raising money for charities. People, but the most important thing to remember in Ramadan, it's that personal development, that personal understanding of understanding yourself. If you don't understand yourself, you can never understand your Lord. It's very simple. And that's why we have to maybe in this month also then ask Allah for guidance towards maybe giving us the, the hidayah to, you know, for many people out there to guide them towards the help that they need. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, inshallah, that maybe next Ramadan, that they'll be joining, you know, on this podcast as well and speaking like you, Dr. Isa, and having the same type of experience, inshallah. That'd be very beautiful to see that many people connecting. You know, with the true essence of Ramadan as you are You know, inshallah And I think that's very important that we understand Ramadan is a very a multifaceted, sort of dimensional You know, it, it, it's a substance, you know it's, But it's fluid, it's not fixed And for many different people, Ramadan represents many different things And going back to the aspects of divine cleanse And the cleansing itself, it really does open up Many different connections to many different aspects of the religion Which previously, as you understood, and myself also as well uh, You know, where we'd go and we'd pray in congregation And it's more just a case that we're doing it because our peers are doing it We're not truly understanding the essence of what we're doing It's just a ritual of what we're doing But you see, then we are ourselves devout of the spiritual nourishment of the understanding because the Holy Quran is a book of a man, you know, Allah SWT says it's for men who use reason, or, you know, for men of understanding. And when he says men, he obviously is talking to the women as well. He's collectively addressing his insan, you know, saying, come to the understanding and come to the message of peace, salam, you know, salam on kaulam in Rabbi Rahim. And upon the Lord said that there would be peace. And this is it. This is how we spread peace. By being in peace ourselves is the only truly way that we can give peace. I don't believe in this sort of dawah given out today, you know, giving people kind of recitation of hell and things and invoking fear in people because you are only unsettling the nafs. You are not opening the heart. You have to open the heart in man in order to get the best of him. And that's really well um, said, Imam Sa, because it's the heart, which is the essence yes. of um, of our true existence. And um, with this, um, I'd like to, if there's um, any other concluding remarks, uh, Dr. Isa, um, to add on. Well, I mean, you, you can't say anything behind Brother Imam because mm-hmm. his wisdom is breathtaking. And his, his articulation is one whereby even a fool can understand. So uh, <laughs> the only thing that I can say is that I, I like the statement that he said that so many people do it the wrong way and they think Ramadan is to emulate the poor. And, and I hear that a lot and that is a terrible statement that people have, we want to emulate the poor. What does that mean? You you want you want to live off live on the streets? Do you do do you want to uh, live at a dead level? It's not to emulate the poor. It's to enhance your strength so that you can help your least fortunate citizen or resident or neighbor. You bring them up. 
uplift them, right? Amen. Amen. In fact, that's that's insulting mm. that many people say. Yes. If I'm, if I'm struggling and someone says, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> brother. It is actually, so you're right. It I'm going to emulate is. you because you're struggling. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lack of understanding, isn't it? It's a lack of understanding. It's a lack because of understanding. It's, it's, a, it's a living in a, a, a deadlocked, uh, you know, conditional conscious level well, it's not even conscious because you're not really conscious of anything. If you're saying that all you're doing is emulating the poor. And I think that's what we hear time and time again is that that's what it is. It's all about. And it's not. The reality is that Ramadan has many different beautiful spiritual dimensions. And unless you are guided by a teacher like ourselves, we have the Qutub, Alhamdulillah, who is graceful enough to share with us all this knowledge. Everything that you heard from myself is not from myself, but it's from them. Alhamdulillah. Yes. And this is, you know, really the articulation is all coming from them. So everything that is being fed through here into your hearts today is from them. So, you know, I'd like to take a moment just to kind of give you know, salutations on to them and to and to the family of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know, in this blessed month that everybody today makes that step, makes that near within themselves, in their hearts. When they read Fajr this morning or whenever they listen to this, they make that near to Allah and they say, oh Allah, you know, Help me become a better person. Help me guide to those, you know, guide me to those you have favored. And and Allah does not, you know, He does not, He does not not listen to a prayer, you know. He does listen, but it's to those that are sincere to Him in asking, because you have to make and want that change sincerely within yourself. You see, and it's all about the individual, because if individually we are stronger, and as a community we are even stronger. But right now, the the system is defragmented. It's very well. It's, it's fragmented, you know. And we're we're looking at and observing this month in a very fragmented way as well. You see, because everybody again is treating it like a national holiday, and that's not what it is, and that's not what it's been designed for. It has a very specific spiritual purpose, and we must respect it. We must respect this purpose, and then it's from that that we understand the the bigger months that are coming up. You know, the bigger months that have passed us, the month of Rajab. Is a very significant month, you know. Muharram itself, the forbidden month, you know, it's a forbidden month. Back 1400 years ago in Muharram, they would not observe any war in this time, mm. and these were tribal people, you know. They would fight each other for gold and, you know, for for assets and all these type of things. But even they had manners 1400 years ago. Today there is no mannerisms in war anymore. Right. There's no manners in anything. Yeah. So, you know, when we're looking at, I mean, but that's on a social sphere, but we're not tackling the social sphere. You know, we're not, we're leaving that well alone. What we're talking about is the individual, because you're listening today, because you yourself are interested in understanding yourself. And it's only through understanding yourself that you can truly understand the world. I mean, it's the only way. It's the only way. We must open our eyes. We must open our hearts in the, in the words of the Qutu, you know, and inshallah, Allah will make it happen. As he always does, you know, alhamdulillah. And we're truly grateful, like from, you know, being cleansed and experiencing the truth, the clarity, um, and how the month of Ramadan is with such um, uh, ease and grace that not only Ramadan, but the, the love that has been instilled within us um, for the love of Allah is like every day is Eid, you know, so... Yeah. Uh, and it's um, through the gracious um, hands of the Qutub here, 
helping humanity as a vessel um, in our time today. Truly grateful. And truly. truly grateful. And from the cases that um, Imam Saab has, um, you know, helped um, to, to, to bring, you know, all walks of life and counseling them. And to have Dr. Isa as well from uh, the insight from the Bible and the Quran. And we all are here really as a family here and just mm. want to better humanity. And like we say, save a soul, save humanity. And we thank you all for tuning in today's uh, podcast series. And, and if you'd like more information on the works that we do, you can check us out at the Divine Clinic foundation.org that's www.thedivineclinicfoundation.org and also if you'd like to take a look at our previous podcast it's also available and posted on our website and also on itunes and should you have any emails questions feel free to connect with us at info at the divine clinic foundation.org that's info at the divine clinic foundation.org assalamu alaikum